came out to the West Coast in 1934. He came out here to do something in pictures, and I was called. This is when NBC was over on the back end of the RKO uh, lot, when Howard Hughes owned it. So I was called to come down to a five-minute insert that was going to be used on an Eastern show. And if you remember, in those early days, reversing the lines was an extremely expensive thing, and there was really no transcontinental radio originating out of here except one show which was called the RKO Theater of the Year, which was for RKO, and it was kind of plugging their products, and it was not a sponsored show. Jack came in, they had this five-minute spot, and I was called in to do the other part on it. What it was, he was on the train coming out, and he meets this rather personable young fellow, and he's talking to him about the fact that he's going to California, and he's going to be in pictures, and the other fellow is very polite, but rather noncommittal, and uh, finally says, you know, he says, you look like a personable young man, possibly I could do something for you. My name's Jack Benny, what's yours? And the answer was Clark Gable, and that was the part that I played. So that was the first thing I did with him, and then I did, oh, two or three things of that nature, small things, and then he brought his regular show out here. I just did odds and ends with him, no, no particular part. One day, the boys wrote a yes in, and I happened to stretch it a little, and it got a laugh, and the next week, uh, I was on again, and they said, let's try that thing again. And I said, well, what do you mean, what thing? They said, well, you know, you kind of stretch the yes, and it got a laugh, let's, let's see if it works. And that's, that's really the way the character began. And then they'd write things like, oh, and I'd uh, see what I'd do with it, and uh, well, and uh, I, I just did the gimmick thing with it in each case. I mean, it was just a, a voice thing, and uh, so the character became a regular on the show, and I was with him all through the years. By December, Jack Benny's rating was up to 25.4, tops on radio. In many cases, a, a show would get well underway before he would even make an appearance That's true, it. yeah. That's very true. And then he had a, a great facility of mentioning something. I wonder where I put that book or something mm -hmm. like that or where Dennis would be or whatever's going to happen. And all of a sudden... When we were practically to the end of the show, that would come in in another roundabout way <laughs> that made a hilarious ending to the whole thing. He had that great facility. So he was really, in the early days when I was with Jack, he used to work with the writers on all the mm -hmm. ideas and the dialogue and everything else. And then when we'd come in to read, usually on a Wednesday or a Thursday, we'd have our first reading. And after the reading was over, we'd leave and go home, and then they would edit it and tighten it up. And my gosh, every time, that would be 200% better once they worked it mm -hmm. over. And Jack mm -hmm. would work, he says, I don't like this, I don't like this, we've got to replace this. Or bring in, you know, new dialogue, mm -hmm. or let's keep this. But he was a great editor of scripts. This is one of the great sense of comedy that mm -hmm. the man had. Not only was uh, an editor, but what a timer, a master timer. He knew how long to milk a laugh and when to stop when it, he had enough, or the public had enough, the audience. On December 11, 1949, Jack attempted to make arrangements for his Texas benefit appearance.
Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack is leaving tonight for Houston, Texas, where he's going to be the master of ceremonies at the big charity football game there next Saturday. As we look in at the Benny House, Rochester is finishing Jack's pack. Let's see, I've got all his clothes packed. His shaving cream, razor, toothbrush, and toothpaste. Hmm, I better check and see if I packed all his pills. I can't understand why Mr. Benny carries all these medicines. He's ne he never takes any, but he always wants them with him. I guess it's like his money. He never spends any, but it gives him comfort to know it's there. <laughs> I wonder where the... Rochester, have you finished my packing? Uh, just about, boss. Uh, you want me to... You want to look in the suitcase before I close it? Yeah, let's see. Suit, shirts, underwear. Rochester, why'd you pack all these thick woolen socks? It doesn't get that cold in Texas. I know, but in case you step into any oil, you'll want to sop up as much as you can. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Say, boss, isn't Phil Harris going down with you? Yes, Rochester, and Dinah Shore, too. We're going to have quite a show. You know, it's for the Damon Runyon Fund, the National Kids Foundation, and Holly Hall of Houston. It's going to be one of the biggest... I'll get it, Rochester. You finish packing. Hello? Hiya, Jackson. Well, if it isn't Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. <laughs> What do you want, Phil? Well, I want to tell you I might be a little late getting down to that railroad station. Well, Phil, you better not miss the train. It's important. You know. It's important that I have my hair done, too. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake, Phil. You have it done every two days. Why are you so proud of your hair? Look, Jackson, it's the only nice thing I've got that Alice didn't give me. <laughs> oh. Say, Phil, when we get down to Houston, what kind of a routine are you going to do on the show? Oh, the usual thing. Stand up there, let them look at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> then I'll tell a few jokes, and then I'll sing 28 choruses, and that's what I like about the South. 28 choruses? Well, there ain't no use in giving them the whole thing, Jackson. Let them tease them a little. Let's tease them a little. Well, anyway, Phil, you couldn't possibly sing the whole song. We're only going to be there five days, you know. Now, look, Phil... Here's something very important I want to tell you before we leave. Yeah, what is it? Well, first, I want you to... Phil. Phil. <laughs> Phil. Oh, darn it, we were cut off. Well, he knows it's important. He'll probably call me right back. Now, Rochester. Oh. Hello, Phil. I'm glad you called back because... Jack, this is Mary. Oh, hello, Mary. I was expecting Phil. Well, Jack, I'm calling from a bookstore, and I thought I'd get you something to read on the train. Oh, good, Mary. That's sweet. What are you getting me? A book of epigrams and witty sayings. Epigrams and witty sayings? What do I need with that? Well, you may get into a conversation with someone. You know how lost you are without your writers. <laughs> well, you needn't worry about that, Mary. I'm taking one of my writers with me. Oh, good. You'll be the life of the club car. <laughs> Uh, which ride are you taking? John Tackerberry. Tackerberry? Yes, you see, he came from Houston ten years ago, and I thought it'd be nice if I took him home so he could change his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, Barry, I'm expecting Phil to call me right back, so I better hang up. Goodbye. Goodbye, Jack. I wish Phil would hurry up and call back. It's important. Maybe I better call him. Boss, I've got everything packed. Good. And I've taken care of everything I had to do, too. 
Gee, I'm glad I went to the dentist this morning and had my teeth fixed. <laughs> You're gonna strike oil even if you have to bite your way down. <laughs> Never mind. I'm gonna call... That's probably Phil. Phil? Oh, hello, Jack. This is Don. Oh, hello, Don. I was expecting a call from Phil. Where are you? Well, I'm rehearsing the Sportsman Quartet for their opening at the Coconut Grove Tuesday night. Oh, yes, and they got the job at the Ambassador. Yes, yes. Gee, I wish I could be there, but I have to leave town. Oh, don't worry, Jack. They'll mail you the commission. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, anyway, Don, uh, give them my best wishes for their opening. I will, Jack. Goodbye. So long. If I can keep that quartet working, I can relax a little. Oh, Rochester, I must be sure to take my... Hello? Jack, I forgot to ask you. Would you like me to pick you up and drive you down to the station? Oh, fine, Mary. That's swell. And, gee, I wish you could go to Texas with me. Well, you know, I'd love to, Jack, but my family's coming here for a visit from Plainfield. Oh, yes, you mentioned that yesterday. When are you expecting them? Well, that's hard to say. You see, my sister babe is flying, and Mom is coming by train, and... Papa's coming by bus. Gee, that's peculiar. Why do they travel separately? <laughs> that way they don't have to explain each other to strangers. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's logical. <laughs> uh, yeah. I hope the vacation out here does Babe some good. She's still heartbroken. I know. She was awfully upset about Gargantua. <laughs> Jack! What? They hardly knew each other. <laughs> oh. Now, Jack, when I take you to the station, I won't be able to stay too long. I've got to be back for Benita and Ronnie's party. Oh, the Coleman's are throwing a party, eh? Now, isn't that my luck? The night I go away, they have a party. What's the occasion? You just said it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Goodbye. Bye. Well, I can't wait any longer. I gotta call Phil. Let's see, his number is... Oh, well, that must be him. Hello? Now look, Charlie, I haven't got much time, so listen to me. I'm phoning you to warn you that my husband's wise to us and he's on his way over to your house with a gun. So get out of town, Charlie, get out quick! Gee, I'm, I'm certainly my gl glad I'm, my name isn't... Oh. Elliot's a good writer, a good producer, and you know Leonard did all right. He later went with Lucy or somebody, did very Dane well. Dane Thomas, he did a lot of stuff with. That's uh, right, Sheldon that's Miller, right. Yeah. Well, those guys all came up mm -hmm. through the ranks, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, they knew what they were doing. Because when you were around Benny, you were around a guy that he and Fred Allen and guys like that, they're timing, you know, they're... Um, like Benny used to have office hours in Beverly Hills. Those writers had to be there, didn't they? They were there at a certain time. He sat at the table. Nobody took bits home like they do now. You do this and you two writers do. No way. You sat right at the table and started this thing. And I've been in there sometime. Jack and I, we really got along. And I've been in there sometime when they had a line for me to break the building down. Mm -hmm. And Benny would say, no does not fit his character. I've been too long building it up. In other words, he protected, protected. Mm -hmm. You hear a lot of other shows, they had a guy in the air one time, they had him doing this, doing that. First thing you know, they burn him out. When he came to me one time, he said, there's no way to kill you. I found you four stories down in the basement. 
I brought you out. I had you married. I had you drinking. I had two kids. I had you back on the booze again. He said, there's no way to kill you. <laughs> Glad I'm, my name isn't... Oh. Hello? Hey, Jackson, I've been trying to get you back. Now, what was the important thing you wanted to talk to me about? It's not important now. Phil, tell me something and tell me the truth. Is Phil your right first name? <laughs> Sure, Jackson, sure. Are you, you positive? Certainly I'm positive. Well, Phil, did you ever tell anybody your name was Charlie? Huh? No. Good. Then you can take your time getting to the train. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'll explain it later. It's a juicy tidbit. <laughs> now, Phil, are you all packed and ready to go? Yep, everything's all corked up. Good. Well, good. I'll see you later, then. Boss, you want me to drive you to the station? No, Rochester. Miss Livingston is going to pick me up. So close my bags. And I'll answer the door, Rochester. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. I heard you were going away, so I came to say goodbye. Well, that's nice, kid. Goodbye. <laughs> Well, he came to say goodbye, and he said it. <laughs> now, Rochester. Hmm. What is it now? You didn't tell me where you're going. Well, if you're interested, Dennis, I'm going to Houston, Texas. What for? For a benefit. If you had two shows, you wouldn't need to go. <laughs> Look, Dennis. Goodbye. <laughs> There's the silliest kid I... Oh, no! Oh, no! You answer the door this time, Rochester. Yes? Yes? Is Mr. Benny in? <laughs> of course I'm in. Now, come on in here, Dennis. Yes, sir. Now, look, kid. Yes, sir? Why can't you act like a normal, sensible human... Now, who can that be? He locked me out! <laughs> This is like a Marx Brother picture here or something. Dennis, what did you come over here for anyway? Well, I made an RCA Victor recording of Dear Hearts and Gentle People, and I thought you might like to hear it, and I brought the record with me. All right, Dennis, I've got a few minutes. Put on the record, let me hear it. But if Mary comes by to pick me up, I'll have to leave. Okay. Okay. I remember one script where I went over to Jack Benny's house and I sang the song, which I usually had to do every week, sing the song I was going to sing on the following Sunday's program. And I went over there and I sang the song, and after I had sung it, Jack says, Dennis, that'll be fine. And I said, well, thank you, Mr. Benny, and i got to go now. And he showed me to the door, and as I was about to leave, I turned, and I said, goodbye, Mr. Benny, and have a nice trip. I left, of course. He went upstairs, and he was halfway through packing before he realized he wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> you know, these are the silly type of things. There was another one I remember where, in the body of the show, I had done something very frightening to Jack. 
because he had another singer on the program, and I was very jealous, and I was mad. So what I was doing, I was hiding in the bushes in his home at Beverly Hills, and I was throwing rocks with notes attached through the window. And he would read them, you know, and I'd say, you are next, and this type of thing. You think you can get away with it, but you can't. And all of this, well, sure enough, I was caught by the police in Beverly Hills. At the end of the show, in the tag, he calls everybody out, and he called me out for a bow, and he said to me, Dennis, what you did to me in the show tonight, frightening me the way you did, gave me an eerie feeling. And when I heard that, I said, what did you say, Mr. Benny? He says, what you did to me gave me an eerie feeling. And I said, gee, Mr. Benny, that's where I was born. He said, oh, Erie, Pennsylvania? I said, no, feeling West Virginia. <laughs> now, that's a lousy joke, but I could get away with it. That's not really a bad character joke. character that I play. It's not that bad a joke, actually. Yeah. Gee, Mary, it was awfully nice of you to drive me down to the station. Oh, that's all right, Jack. I wanted to see you off. Yeah, well, let's go in. Train leaving on track five for Anaheim, Azusa, and Cucamonga. You know, Jack, there's something fascinating about a railroad station. So many people going so many places. Yeah. Poor Charlie didn't quite make it. I more or less kept the comedy for Jack in the program. See, I did his train caller, his violin teacher, his Maxwell, his, the man who was uh, always the salesman in the, at Christmas time in the department store, and several other voices for Jack. What was that famous voice then at the railroad station? I think that seems to be one of the most. Oh popular. yeah, that was the train callers. It's train leaving on track five for Anaheim, Azusa, and Cucamonga. You know, a lot of people thought those were phony towns, but those are real towns around Los Angeles. Yeah, I found out after <laughs> I made a few wrong turns since I've been out here. <laughs> one sound I might tell you. Jack Benny was supposed to be visiting. Epsom Downs in England, the horse races. And uh, the scriptwriters always tried to throw me with something. They tried to put something in that I couldn't do. And this time they put in Mel Blank does an English horse whinny. Now, how can you tell the nationality of a horse, you know? So I didn't say anything, and I waited till it came to that spot, and I did an English horse whinny that sounded like this. <laughs> Well, I guess the Benny was... Uh, that was probably your most exposure in all the radio, wasn't it? Uh, 
Uh, yes, it was. Yes. But the beauty of radio was the fact that you could do more than one voice on television where they see you. You have to more or less do just one character. Okay. Attention, please. Attention. To facilitate the holiday rush, all passengers going to Cucamonga may have their choice of trains, local, express, or mule. <laughs> have your feed bags validated. Well, I've still got time to get my magazine. He hasn't announced my train yet. Attention, please, attention. Train leaving on track one for Baltimore and Washington. It's leaving now, so you better run. <laughs> Let's see, I think the newsstand is over by the... Hello, Mr. Benny! Well, Mr. Kissel! Mr. Benny, what are you doing by the railroad station? Well, I'm going to Houston, Texas. Well, put on there, partner. That's where I'm heading. What? Give me land, lots of land, neat the sun is skies above. Don't smog me. <laughs> well, Mr. Kitzel, I'll probably see you down there. I'll be at the Shamrock Hotel. Shamrock? My, that's a wonderful name for a hotel. It brings a lump in my throat. It does? Yes, I haven't seen a shamrock since I left the old country. <laughs> Well, I, I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun in Texas. You're certainly dressed for it, too. Cowboy boots, spurs, and a gun. Tell me, Mr. Kitzel, are you handy with a gun? <laughs> you are? I can throw a biscuit up in the air and with one shot make a bagel out of it. <laughs> oh, then you are pretty good. Well, so long, Mr. Kitzel. See you in Texas. E-P-I-A, Ghost Riders. Well, I better go over and get that magazine before the train leaves. Attention, please, attention. Train leaving on track three, all the way to Schenectady. Just one stop at Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get a newspaper, too. I wanna see if they have anything in it about uh, my... Jack, what time does your train leave? I don't know, it's not on the hit parade yet. <laughs> what? Nothing, nothing. Attention, please, attention. Train leaving on track two for Asheville, Nashville, Kalamazoo takes on water at Waterloo. <laughs> Mary, I'm going to stop at the magazine. <laughs> hmm. Watch it, Sam. <laughs> Find my suitcase, Mary. I'll be right back. Now, let's see. There's so many magazines here. I don't know which one to get. Oh, mister. Mister. <laughs> Why do I always have to run into him? Now, look, mister. All I want to do is buy a magazine. Okay. Do you want to read it or tear it in half to show me how strong you are? <laughs> I want to read it. And I'll take this one here. Well, house and garden, aren't you lucky? 
What? Today only, with every copy, we give away a pocket full of fertilizer. <laughs> now, look, mister, I came here to catch a train, and I'm not going to put up oh, with pardon any... pardon me for interrupting, but may I have a package of Lucky Strikes, please? Uh, yes, sir, here you are. <coughs> uh, here's your chain. Thank you. May I have a light, please? Uh, yes, sir, here, I'll light it for you. Oh, Ah, my favorite cigarette. They're mine, too. They're so round, so firm, so fully packed. And so free and easy on the draw. You keep out of this! <laughs> but look, I know all you about... Know, Clerk, I've been listening to the radio a lot, and I'd like to ask you something. Is it true that there isn't a rough puff in a Lucky because it's made of that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco? Uh-huh. And, uh... Is it true that veteran tobacco men choose Lucky Strikes for their own personal enjoyment? Uh-huh. And is it true that Luckies pay millions of dollars more than official parity prices? Ooh, do they? <laughs> now look, Clark, I can't stand here all day. I'll take this magazine here, this copy of the Saturday Evening Post. Uh, yes, sir, that'll be 15 cents. Here you are. You want it gift-wrapped, I suppose. <laughs> oh, quiet. You burn me up, you stupid jerk. When you come round, I go berserk. Train now leaving for Albuquerque. Now cut that out! Jack always a... referred to him as his nemesis. Yeah, <laughs> he's his, well, the nemesis character, because, yeah, I played a variety of things, but they were all uh -huh. the same fellow. And he never had a name, like Mr. Kitzel, you know, uh -huh. had a name uh -huh. and so on. But if he ever referred to him by name, he just called me my name, Mr. Nelson. And, That's right. Uh, yeah. So many people, uh -huh. I meet people on the street, you know, they say, hey, you're, you're that fellow on the Jack Benny show. I say, yeah, what's your name? Because they, they really didn't know <laughs> yeah. you. Me now board train on track nine for Phoenix, El Paso, and Houston. Train will depart in 15 minutes. Gee, 15 minutes. Jack, Jack, they just called your train. I know, Mary. Well, why don't you get on now? It'll give you time to relax. Yeah, I think I will. Well, goodbye, Mary. Bye, Jack. Well, have a good time. I will. So long. See you in a few days. Gosh, this is what I hate about seeing someone off. You always have to go home alone. I think I'll go out the side exit. It's closer to the... Oops! Oh, I... I beg your pardon. That's quite all right, miss. I was trying to cut across to gate nine. Uh, wait a minute. Aren't you Frank Leahy, the football coach at Notre Dame? Uh, yes, I am. I'm awfully sorry I bumped you so hard. Oh, it was all my fault. I saw you coming, but I didn't realize a girl could throw that kind of a block. <laughs> well, I, I should have looked where I was going. Uh, may I... Uh, uh... No, no, thank you. I can get up by myself. <laughs> Gosh, Mr. Lay, wait till I tell my friends that I ran into the coach at Notre Dame. A team that has played 38 games without one defeat. Well, the credit really should go to the players and the assistant coaches. As head coach, my job is merely to help develop them. Mr. Lay, what have you got in that suitcase? A quarterback, I like to get them young. <laughs> uh, 
What? Oh, I'm just kidding, of course. That's a mama doll. I'm taking it home to Sue and Flossie, our two daughters. Attention, please. Train leaving for Yuma, Phoenix, El Paso, and Houston. All aboard. That's my train. I'd better run along. Goodbye, Mr. Leahy. Goodbye. It was nice talking to you. All aboard. All aboard. Oh, Porter. Porter. Yes, sir? Uh, which way to the lounge? Uh, the next car back, sir. Thank you. It's a beautiful lounge car. Uh, pardon me, sir. Is this seat next to you taken? Uh, no, no. You may have it. Thank you. Nice day for traveling, isn't it? Yes, yeah, certainly is. Yep. Comfortable seats. By the way, you're Jack Benny, aren't you? <coughs> yes, yes, I am. I'm on my way to Texas. I'm putting on a show at that big charity football game in Houston. Well, that's very nice. Of course, I'm rather flattered they asked me to come down. But then, of course, at one time, I was quite a football player myself, you see? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to play with the Waukegan Terrors. Uh, Waukegan Terrors? <laughs> Sounds frightening, doesn't it? <laughs> You know, I was famous for one particular play. It was a very tricky thing where I used to send the end out wide and... Oh, pardon me. Are you familiar with football? I mean, do you know, do you know the game at all? By that, I mean, uh, do you... Yes, as a matter of well, fact, Well, get this I... play. The ends went out wide. I sent both my halfbacks to the left and my four quarterbacks to the right. Four quarterbacks? Yes. Am I getting too technical? Well, not yet. <laughs> anyway, to make a long story short, we'd pull the opposing halfbacks out of position, and I'd send my fullback into the open and throw a long pass to him. Why didn't you send a quarterback? You had plenty of them. Well, we were having so much luck this way, I didn't want to change, you see. Do you see many football games during the season, Mr... Mr... Uh, Leahy, Frank Leahy. Oh, oh, pleased to meet you, Mr. Leahy. Uh, where are you from? I mean, uh, where's your place of business? South Bend, Indiana. Oh, nice town, nice town. You know, I used to play it in vaudeville. Uh, what do you do there, Mr. Lee? Are you a salesman or in the insurance business? Uh, well, uh... Oh, I'm sorry for being so nosy. Maybe you don't want to talk about it. Well, I think I'll go back to my compartment and read a while. Oh, darn it, I bought a magazine and left it in the station. Well, if you feel like reading, Mr. Benny, I have a book here that might interest you. Oh, well, thank you. Are you through with it? Uh, surely, take it along. Well, that's awfully nice of you. Thanks very much. See you later, Mr. Leahy. <laughs> Funny he was so reticent about telling me what business he was in. Well, I think I'll just stretch out here on the seat and read the book he gave me. Well, this is a... This is a coincidence. This book is about football. Notre Dame football, the T formation. By Coach Frank Leahy. Chapter... Yikes! <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's who I was talking to. Frank Leahy, the coach of Notre Dame. And I'm stuck on the train with him for two days. 
I'll never be able to face him. I know what I'll do. <clears throat> Darn these windows, you can never open them. <laughs> well, I'll just have to stay in my compartment for the entire trip. I can't bear to... Come in. Oh, Mr. Leahy. Mr. Leahy, it's you. Uh, yes, Jack. I thought you might like to have dinner with me this evening. Well, that's very nice of you, Mr. Leahy, but first I must apologize for making such a fool of myself. Imagine me not knowing what business you were in. Well, Jack, don't let it worry you. When we played SMU last week, up to the last quarter, I didn't know what business I was in either. <laughs> no! Well, come on, Frank. We'll go to dinner. And it's my treat. Jack Benny's show was really quite easy to do. I'm talking now from the actor's standpoint. Obviously, the writing was meticulous. Jack honed a lot of that writing. He sat with the writers a great deal. He, uh, if it came down to a rock-bottom decision as to a joke in or out, it would be very often Jack's decision that made that happen. But for an actor, it was a very simple show to do. You'd go in, we'll say on Saturday, You'd read through once. Just sit down, read the script straight through, get up and leave. And you'd come back in on Sunday. You'd read once around the table, go and read it once on the mic, and that's all until showtime. Just that easy to do. So the whole uh, thing was really right in there with the writing. It well, was it was that, that and also <laughs> that Jack knew his people, and they wrote for those people. Jack had a great thing that I don't think any other comic in the business had. If you were to pick up a Jack Benny script and read it, You'd say, well, wait a minute, where, where are Mr. Benny's jokes? Because Jack didn't do jokes. He did looks, he did takes, he fed, really, you, the actor around him. That's the way he conducted his show. The big jokes were in the hands of the people who surrounded him, which was most unusual. And it showed that he had tremendous confidence in himself. He surrounded himself with characters that people expected to hear also. When, yeah. as soon as he said, oh, mister, People said, oh boy, here it comes. He's going to get it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if he said, excuse me, and the fellow said, see? He says, oh boy, here it comes. Yeah. Now they're yeah. going to do that routine. The people were in on it, and I think they enjoyed being in on it. I guess the fact that the show stayed on top all the years that it did proved that. Gee, Mr. Leahy, this was a wonderful dinner, wasn't it? It certainly was, Jack. Oh, waiter, waiter, the check? No, 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 Mr. Leahy, this is on me. A waiter, I'll take the check. Here you are, Mr. Benny. Thank you. Now, just a second while I... Hmm. Uh, what's the matter, Jack? Something wrong with the check? No, no. But, <laughs> Mr. Leahy, this will kill you. <laughs> Remember when I told you I forgot my magazine? Yes. <laughs> well, I forgot my wallet, too. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Uh, you know, Mr. Benny, uh... What? I'd like to have just one halfback that's as slippery as you are. <laughs> Well, thank you. Good night. Be sure to hear Dennis Day in a day in the life of Dennis Day. Stay tuned to the Amos Nandy Show, which follows immediately. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.